This is the Colored Pencil Podcast, session number 236. Welcome to Sharpened Artist, a colored pencil podcast. Weekly discussions in and around this medium that we love so much. Hello, my name is John Middick of SharpenedArtist.com, and I'm joined today by Stephanie Weaver. I'm so excited that she is on the show today. This is a Colored Pencil Podcast, and I am your host. I think you're going to get a lot of good out of listening to this show, especially – it doesn't really matter where you are on your art journey, but I would say especially if you're interested at all in art business and making some money with your art, I think there's a lot of good nuggets that will come out of uh, this conversation today. So, Stephanie, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be part of this. Well, thanks so much for joining me today. Stephanie and I have been friends for quite a while now, uh, and I'm just so excited to have her on the show. She is so approachable. She um, is just a wealth of wisdom. She knows uh, art and art business really, really well. And if you're watching the video today, if you're part of the member circle and you're watching the video, um, there's some awesome artwork even behind her over here. That lion. I can't get enough of that. What size did you say that was? It's a 36 by 36. That is so yeah. cool. I love that. Anything with blue in the background, you know, I'm all about that. It doesn't matter what it is. I'll put blue in the background on anything. Uh, I'll even put blue in the subject, so it doesn't really matter. Just my favorite color. I'm just going to put it everywhere, um, no matter what I'm painting or drawing. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we have got a non-colored pencil artist with us today. Is that right, Stephanie? You don't use colored pencil? I use a little bit only to really kind of work out the subjects before I start to draw or start to paint them. But my medium of choice is definitely oil painting. Oil yeah. paint. Okay. And you do some acrylic. Is that right? I do. Um, that's also something that I can just kind of play with and um, mm -hmm. kind of work out the subject before I get into it. And then sometimes I use acrylic for the underpainting and then put oils on top of it. So, yeah. Uh, uh, okay. I'm, I'm going to have to convert you at some point. I don't, I don't know when that will be, but uh, I'll keep preaching color pencil to you. I'm going to convert you. I don't know when, but it'll happen. <laughs> I know. You You have caused me to bring them out several times. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. It's, it's very, fun. very cool. <laughs> I, I want you guys to get to know Stephanie a little bit. Um, I've known her for quite some time now and speak with her regularly. And so if you're somebody today and you're thinking about going in that direction of taking commissions and starting to uh, sell your work, anything related to making some money with your art, then I think there's uh, this is a real treat for you. So let's back up, though, Stephanie, and talk to me about the early years. Let's go way back and... What So what drove you to decide, hey, one day I'm going to be an artist? I mean, was this a conscious decision? Did you think even as a young child you were going to be an artist? Or tell me about that. Uh, you know, the truth of it is no. Um, when I was a kid, I, I loved to draw. And I did do a lot of pencil drawings and such. But it never really occurred to me as an option. Um, you know, like most kids, I wanted to be a doctor or a veterinarian. And I, <laughs> I even went to school to become a pharmacologist, which is somebody that studies ah. how medicine impacts the body. Yeah. And 
I got bored with that and I went into business instead. (laughs) (laughs) And so uh, my undergrad degree is actually in marketing. And then, oh, very cool. Yeah. And I got a master's in management information systems. So computers. Right. And then I, another master's in project management. So my background. <laughs> no wonder we get along so well. This is so funny. Okay. Yeah. So my background has been pretty nerdy and pretty techy and, um, and I own that and I love it. But yeah. when I kind of switched, uh, I, when I worked for UPS, um, I was in XML online tools. I was senior programmer analyst and I needed an outlet, something that was fun to do. And I had always wanted to learn how to oil paint. And it was one of those things where we just got a house and I went shopping for art and I looked at this piece and it was real pretty. It had, you know, pinks and purples, landscape, just very simple, but pretty. And I remember standing there thinking, surely I can do that. <laughs> and um, if only I had a teacher. So it was, I bought the, I bought that print and it was a print. Um, I bought it and then I went to Hobby Lobby and grabbed, you know, Bob Ross's VHS at the time. That was a VHS. And I sat in my garage and I was trying to paint my majestic mountains and totally bombed at it because, um, I needed a real teacher, somebody who was like there <laughs> yeah. to interact with me. And um, so that's kind of how things got started. And what time I, period was that? Curious. That was like 2001. 2001. How, how, around how old were you then at that time that you started getting interested? I guess I was about 26. Yes, I'm going to make you do math. Okay. Yeah, no, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, very, very very cool. Okay. So, wow, that that's uh, uh that's pretty early on. I mean, you you sought out a teacher, I presume, and Yeah. Yeah, I one pretty quick and she got me into uh painting and then she retired and then I found another teacher. This is when we lived in Atlanta. And uh Shane McDonald, I still keep in touch with him in Atlanta. Um he was my teacher for probably about seven years, and then we moved. Well, then I had a child, and I kind of stopped uh, painting for a little bit because at that point, a lot of the uh, paints and oils that we would use um, were not very healthy, and uh, now we have a lot more healthy options. Um, yeah. like I use gambling products and right. pretty much exclusively because um, they're not toxic. <laughs> I mean, you still don't want to eat them, but, you know. <laughs> Right. Uh, So, how many children do you have? Just two, two, two and through. (laughs) And your husband? What is he an artist? What does he do? Um, My husband's actually an internet security. Um, Okay. He's he's a good nerd too. And um, before that, he was in the military, and well, he still is in the military. But um, and that was actually one of the reasons why I really became a professional artist. It was in 2014 that he was deployed to Afghanistan and we decided that I needed to stay home with the family. And I was totally good with that because at that point I worked for ADP and I managed a team of software implementation project managers and Mm -hmm. consultants. And, you know, I was good at it, but it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't something that I, you know, looked forward to every day. Now I get to wake up every day and I'm like, I get to paint. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a big difference, right? In the way yeah. that 
Yeah, there's just something, I don't know. Yeah, I, I totally get it. Um, for those that may not know, I used to be in IT as well uh, for a little bit, 20 years. So, yeah, very, very cool. Okay, so um, so when did you decide then that, um, I mean, you're painting. Talk to me then about your um, your art career then. What? So what happened? Well, um, you decided at some point that you wanted to sell your work. I mean, at first you were just interested in recreating something that you didn't want to pay for because you thought, hey, I could do that. You got some instruction, and then what happened? Um, well, you know, it was even in those classes that okay. uh, with Shane that I really got to thinking about, God, if only I could do this for a living. And I remember I said that out loud, God, if only I could do this for a living, if only I could teach, if only I could find a way. And it was like, I didn't realize it at the time, but that was a big time prayer that I was throwing out there. And so, um, and that was probably 2001, 2002, something like that. And, but when I finally recognized that this is a career option was about 2015, when I started realizing that my ideas and the fact that I wanted to do what uh, had been done for me, which, you know, art for me changed my life. And when I realized that I could have that potential impact on other people, that's when I knew this was something that wasn't just about me painting anymore. It was something about other people. And that's when I knew I had to become a business. So, um, and that's... You said it changed your life. How? How? Gosh, um, I was miserable. Like there was a point when, I mean, I was at hotels away from my family and I would sit there and I would draw, like I did do color and pencil artist stuff then. And cause I would take my little kit with me and I would lay in the hotel, just drawing like a praying mantis and just being completely depressed because I was away from my family. I wasn't enjoying myself. I didn't feel like I was contributing in a positive way. So it was very depressing. And, um, you know, art just pulled me out of that. It felt like it gave me a greater purpose because I can actually have meaningful interactions with people. I can actually give paintings to people of their current past pets that renew and it renews and gives them something special to keep forever. And that's huge. Um, oh, it's something cool. that really yeah. new existed before art. Right. You know? Well, okay. So if you're on the road and you're away from your family, that's one thing. I mean, it does start to um, just drive you crazy because you'd, you'd rather be with your family. I mean, I remember that I did not like traveling for business. Um, but uh, on the other hand, I mean, so, yeah, I can understand how you would be depressed if you're away from loved ones and mm-hmm. you're not having personal interaction, people interaction uh, too much after the workday. You know, you're by yourself or whatever. But you found some purpose in something that y- you were adding enjoyment to others' lives when you would recreate the representation of their pet. Uh, mm-hmm. And you didn't find that same fulfillment in what you were doing in your career at that time, I guess? Did it just start to become a little stale or something? Well, I think it was one of those things, uh, because I managed projects, I was right. there for like, you know, six weeks to three years. And you didn't really maintain re- relationships. It was very superficial. 
And um, but your team that you're working with went with you from project to project, right? For the most part, yeah. Yeah, I'll put it this way because um, a lot of what I experienced with that sort of work was, um, you know, I had negativity coming from the clients and I had wow. negativity coming from the team that I manage. And it's a lot of pressure. Think, yeah. The, Project the, management is a lot of pressure, especially in IT, I feel like. Oh, that's my only way of comparing it because I, I did that too. So I. I know a little bit about that, but I'm sure other project management is stressful as well. But yeah, that can be very, very stressful. And you're up against deadlines. You probably were working in sprints with an agile process. That's what we did. But yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, I get that. I get that stress level. Well, the funny thing is, is, you know, the actual project management, that was the easy part, right? Yeah. You know, you get the timelines, you got the resources, yeah. you, got, you got the work. And what made it difficult was the people not wanting to do the work. (laughs) We have to execute on this. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. gosh. There was a lot of meetings where it was just like, I'm overworked and all this and all these complaining. I'm sitting there thinking, dude, you signed off on the project plan. This is what we're going with. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Do you miss it? Do you miss that work? No, because here's the thing. Everything that I'm doing right now. It's still project management. Had right. I known what um, project management was when I was like seven years old, that would have been my job. I know from that point forward because I was one of those kids that had sticky notes all up <laughs> on like the the mirror in front of me of my goals and when I'm going to yeah. achieve. I mean, I knew what SMART goals were before like that was an actual thing. An acronym. (laughs) (laughs) So project management is really part of my life and it's part of the commission process that you really need to consider each one of these commissions as a project because you've got limited resources. You've got a a definitive timeline, you know, you know where it's going to end. And so with that in mind, you got to then communicate that resource and timeline to your clients. So it is very much 100% project management. And you have partners, and it can be stressful as well. Let's talk about that a moment, but let's back up for just a second before we do that and talk about your choice to draw animals. And tell me why you made that choice and more about that. And then we'll talk about commissions more. How's that? Sure. Um, So... Animals have always been something that I've been drawn to, even as a, a kid. Like somebody dumped a cat out of a moving car, and as a little kitten, and its little chin wow. went, "Yeah, people are jerks about that." Not That's all awful. people. There are some people that are very yeah. um, towards animals, right. and they just seem to come to me. Even now, they'll just come to me, and. Um, and they've just kind of always spoken to me in one mm. way or not like actual speaking or anything. I'm not, you know, you sure you're not <laughs> Dr. Doolittle. <laughs> okay. I, I, that would be so cool if I were, but, um, <laughs> you know, one of those things is like, I could tell what they're feeling just by their, um, body movements, right. their body. Language. And so when I started painting animals, it was with one of my dogs. Um, her name was peanut. And that was the first one that I painted. And it was awful, but, (laughs) and I can share that with you on my website, but yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. We'll put that that in the show notes. If you can dig up your uh, image of peanut, that'd be awesome. (laughs) Yeah. She, um, she was my first model and I actually like compared her against another dog that I did 
that was for another guy. Um, and they looked so much alike that, and he gave me a really bad picture, a reference photo. And I was like, Oh yeah, I got, this looks just like my dog. Peanut. And I showed him a picture and he's like, okay. And he said, yeah. <laughs> and the comparison between the two with 17 years of experience was just night and day. But yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, with, uh, doing animals, um, I do give a percentage to nonprofit animal welfare organizations of everything that I make because, um, they, they, they need a voice. Yeah. They can't speak and, you know, we can't right. understand them. But for the people that do take care of them, I want to make sure that I help take care of them. So oh, that's, that's so great. For pause. I mean, I paint people, I paint landscapes, I do all of that, but, that's um, so animals are where my heart is. Thank you. Very, very cool. I, I love that. Uh, just that uh, ability to to give back and that that's where your heart is. I love that. Thank you uh, so much for sharing that. I think a lot of um, those in the audience uh, that listen to the podcast can relate to that. We've got actually a big community of color pencil artists who are very much into um, painting animals. So very, very cool. All right, so let's talk commissions. So, so you talked about peanut there. So, when was your first commission then? So, you were about twenty six. You learned how to paint, and uh, then how old were you when you started taking commissions? Or how many years later? Oh gosh, so I didn't actually start taking commissions till about twenty fifteen. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so like thirty years later. Just kidding. All right. No, it was probably about, what, like 14, 15 years later. Okay. And it was one of those things, like, I painted my other dog, Sophie, and um, Sophie is like a Border Collie Aussie mix, and um, she's just got this, you know, vibrant personality <laughs> about her. Had I known what her personality was going to be like, I would have named her Daisy type of thing. She's just so sunshiny. But um, people saw the painting that I did of her, and then they were like, oh, can you do mine? And... I'd never really thought about it before. And I was like, Oh, sure. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I, um, this, well, how much would you charge? And at that point I was pretty low. Like I, um, you know, I started my eight by tens at a hundred dollars back then. And, um, each year I've progressively gotten higher because, um, the demand got higher. hundred dollars was really low for the, the quality that I was providing. That is and low. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that at the time. Right. And um, so, yeah, it started with a lady. She gave me her cat and said, uh, can you paint this? And literally she handed me a flip phone and I had to work from a flip phone. And <laughs> <laughs> and oh, like, man. Okay, let me try this. If I can well, do the ups this, and downs of commissions. I tell you. So <laughs> it hasn't been that long ago. I mean, five years. So you still remember then that turning point that decision that you finally made to to do this to say hey th this is good enough for me to and you can fill in the blank on whatever you want to define good enough as being but this this is something that i can ask for money of uh, if in return for my art i i can exchange uh, for this. And so what is, can you remember what that felt like? What, what was that? And did you feel unsure about yourself? I mean, what, what was that turning point? Did I feel unsure? I think there was a little bit there, uh, of un uncertainty because I didn't Is that why you charged barely anything? 
Well, that and plus I needed to, uh, if this was the way I was going to go. I wanted to build up my portfolio. And sure. um, when I, with that first one, I hadn't worked out my process. I hadn't in terms of, you know, getting 50% up front, the remainder upon completion. Once you approve the drawing, it's going to take me four to six weeks. You know, those types yeah, of. Yeah, the whole contract portion of it. Yeah. yeah. I hadn't worked all that out. So mm -hmm. in those terms, it was uncertainty, but in terms of my skill sets, I knew I could do it. Right. Um, you know, she liked my style. She saw what I did and said, I want you to do this. And what gave me confidence was I said, okay, I'm going to do this two times for you. Uh, I'm going to do it this style, uh, not style, but I'm going to do full on like cat portrait like this, or, and I'm going to do the whole body like this. You tell me which one you like better. And she ended up actually purchasing both of them because she couldn't stand the thought of her cat being out there in somebody else's house. And what really solidified it for me was her reaction. She, uh -huh immediately started crying oh wow. and then is she <laughs> she's such said, a good oh. feeling when that happens i tell you yeah, yeah it makes me kind of like tear it up now <laughs> you're right, um, you're right. and she sent me an email and i think um even on my website or even on facebook one of the reviews that she gave me she says that she still talks to her cat every morning in the bathroom oh, and wow. that's i mean you can't there is no other profession that I can think of that. Well, I'm sure there's people that get rewarded like that, but I did not get that in project management. You know, no, nobody no, ever a piece called of software go, oh was a God, utility. This is the best software system in the world. <laughs> right. It, makes, it <laughs> you know? makes tears to my but, eyes like, just thinking of this uh, software. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it doesn't doesn't what? quite uh, have the same ring. Oh, that is, that yeah. is so great. There, you, you know, and there's nothing like that feeling too. Just like you described. Um, and it still came back to you. I saw tears in your eyes there. I mean, you still remember that feeling. And, and I've got some of those stories of my own. And you never get tired of that. You know you're bringing joy to someone when you do that. So that just sort of fuels your fire. And the, the money just pales in comparison to that kind of reaction that you have from a client like that. I love that. It's still amazing. I love it when... Yeah, you know, I just got through with a bunch of Christmas commissions and I haven't been able to share those on social media because they're surprises. And I've asked every one of them to please send me a video of the people's reactions because that's you just, that's, that just makes my world just, right. I love it. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. So you learned how to do art. You started taking commissions. When did you start teaching? Hmm. I just started teaching this year. Uh, well, in 2019. Okay. And it wasn't something that I intended to do. I started having the idea about teaching in 2018. And um, I knew I wanted to teach online because there's more opportunity to help more people. With right. my studio here at Low Mill, I can only take in maybe six to nine students at any given time. But with you know, the internet, I can speak to millions and yes. hopefully influence millions of people to, you know, find their heart like this. So is that and, why you decided to teach? Yeah. Yeah. To help other people feel that same thing that you feel when you're creating. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just a big part of it, right? 
it's amazing um, yeah. how it just really changes your world and how you look forward to everything. I've got a lady in my um, oil painting class here in Huntsville, and she, you know, she painted like 40 years ago and gave it up because she needed to get a real world, real job type of thing. Right. You know what I mean? I'm doing this, doing the air quotes. <laughs> I saw those air quotes. I felt them too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she had to get a real job. And right, right. She gave it up and now she's getting close to retirement and the, the joy that she has, the shift in her attitude every time she leaves is visible and you can actually feel the shift too. Mm. Her face really mm-hmm. warms up and that's, that is also a big, that's just a big part of what we do. I mean, you experience it too. You see that shift in people when they start getting confidence in their ability, not what everybody else is telling them they need to do. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. No, no doubt. No, that's exactly right. Uh, there, when I'm asked that question, I, there, there's nothing that really quite compares to the feeling that you get as a teacher, the reward that you get when you know that you've helped someone to understand themselves better, to observe their world more closely, and to focus and to slow down and to be present with who they are. Uh, and that's really what art affords all of us. I mean, we're really able to focus and to concentrate and to be present and to um, fully be immersed in our world, in, in the here and now, you know, and not just think about what could be or regrets or anything like that. There's just a, a level of enjoyment that goes along with that. And for you and I, uh, teachers, anyone teaching art, we're the vehicle. We're part of that process to help them to understand how they can become the best artist that they can be and become unique in what they create. And there is there is nothing like that. That's just so such an incredible feeling. It really is. Uh, very well said. You're teaching online, but you're also teaching in a studio you're teaching weekly or how often are you teaching over there in the studio? I have a, a nighttime class every Wednesday okay. from 5 to 8.30. And then I have a daytime class on Fridays from 11 to 2. So that way, you know, both audiences will kind of work with it. Because right. I have a lot of, you know, I have a couple high schoolers and then I have people that work. And the interesting thing about the, the people that work, they're like engineers as well. So like yeah. you and I, and they're looking for that creative outlet. And I'm like, man, you guys yeah. come to play. So we got you. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. I, I, I know. I, I sit on that other side now and I see students uh, who are still in like an IT career or, or some other career. And they're longing for something different. They're longing for a change. Um, and, you know, I, I try to help. In that regard as well, I'm sure you do as well. If the timing is right and if you're really wanting to teach, that is something that is possible for a lot of people. If you're able to explain things, you're able to understand how to make something a little more methodical or explain a process and go in that direction, then I think it is an option for a lot of people to enjoy their art on a whole new level, right? I mean, don't you, for me, I, I enjoy it so much more now that I know when I'm creating art, I can also help others to enjoy that same experience as well. It just added another level of enjoyment for me. 
commissions were one thing. Teaching was something else, another layer of that hobby that I enjoy so much. Uh, teaching, like you said, it's one of those things that it really makes you cognizant of your approach so that you can relay yeah. that approach to people in a way that they can understand. When I first started teaching, um, it was to the point where they were asking, well, how much of this do I mix with this color? Mm-hmm. And so I'd never really been asked that before. It's always been, you know, I just dabble and I kind of put it together. <laughs> and so <laughs> when when I'm now teaching, I'm like, okay, get a coffee bean size of this color, mix it with yeah. half bean size of this color and with a pen size of uh, <laughs> this color. So it definitely makes you cognizant of your whole process and so that you could break things down. And I know even when I like painted this lion back here, I've got it on a video that's sped up 6,000% that shows yeah. the entire completion of it. When I'm asked, it looks so lifelike from yeah. a distance, but when you go up front, you can see all the brush strokes. How did you do that? And so now I know how to relay that mm-hmm. and tell students, okay, number one thing that you need to do, set a timer every 20 minutes, get up, walk away from your painting, look at it, and then come back to it. Because every time you get up and walk away, and this is probably a little bit different with um, with color pencils, you know, with oils, we're supposed to be like this far away. We're, you know, yeah. minimum three feet away. Yeah. And... When color pencil, do, you it's it's required. You're like two inches from your work, yeah. so, and you have yeah. to cross your eyes. It's yeah. almost that bad. I'm just oh, kidding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but some so people that, wear jewelry specs, so it it really can't be that uh, bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, so you I've really start to think about what are the things that I do to make these things work. And relay that to the students so that they can do the same thing. I don't teach them, you know, my brush strokes because that's my voice. I teach them the techniques and how, like, how to load their brush properly, how they do their strokes. It's as independent and unique as your handwriting. So I just teach them the what's and the why's. How they do it is up to them. That's that beautiful. Sense. That's no, that is awesome. I love the way you said that too. So you're you're trying to aid them in becoming the artist that they're bent to to be. And so I'm guessing you're kind of like me in that regard, where you're trying to get away from the whole idea of a paint by number or a point and shoot program. You know, you're not teaching them all of those kind of methodologies, but exposing them to what is available, uh, and then they can make up their own mind with uh, what's out there and what is available. I love that. Yeah, on my on my website, you know, Art for Pause, when you go to the online classes, it's actually learn, paint, repeat. So one of the things that I find very important to do is repeat the process over and over and over. So, for example, when you do uh, a cooking, like you look at a recipe, mm-hmm. First time you make it, you're going to follow it verbatim and you're going to be right. like very precise on the amount of flour that you add and so on. You're going to be very pre- precise. The second time you do it, you're going to start adding in the ingredients that you like and removing mm-hmm. the, you know, the nuts or whatever that you mm-hmm. don't really like. And right. the same applies with oil painting. So when I teach, I'm saying, here's how I do it. Do it this way the first time. And then because you have access to the videos and repeatedly do it again and experiment with other colors 
Right. Um, the otter painting that I have up on my website, I've actually painted that one four times. And each time is a little bit different. One time I decided to add some purple because I wanted purple. And mm-hmm. you see purple in an otter in real life. <laughs> right, right. It's what I wanted. And so, you know, I teach the technique and then I, I do expect you to kind of follow that technique and then do it your own way again. So that way you start finding your voice. Yeah. You become a better artist when you start mm-hmm. teaching and and you are thinking about why am I doing it this way? Why, why did I make that choice? Um, and sometimes it makes you slow down and stop and think a little bit more about it. For me, it's been one of these things where I'm like, you know, once I became a teacher and I started teaching how to do art, I, I started thinking more about some things that I just did unconsciously or subconsciously. I didn't even, I wasn't even thinking about it. I was listening to an audiobook or listening to music or something. And I wasn't really even thinking about it. And I started thinking and internalizing everything and thinking about it and analyzing why I was doing something and then being able to turn around and explain those reasons. I think it's a good process to do whether you're going to teach or not. If I'm not, if I don't have my video uh, cameras on and I'm just creating, then I'm not always thinking about every single thing, but that's kind of a rare thing for me now anyway. Most things that I create, I'm recording. But when I am doing that and I'm not thinking about I'm going to teach this, I'm just, you know, creating a small study, then I find myself from time to time skipping around and actually leaving steps out and things like that. And I think that all that's fine with time and with growth. A student will get to that point. But in the early beginning stages of learning, I think just like you alluded to, it is an important thing to understand sort of that growth process from start to finish and then branching out and finding uh, your style after you've done that. So that kind of leads me into maybe a next discussion, Stephanie, when we talk about students who are all excited about the choice that they're making with whatever medium and whatever subject matter. And sometimes I feel like that there's this um, pressure maybe for students to or anyone uh, exploring the hobby of art to start gravitating towards a style before they're actually ready. And then paired with that is start selling their work or taking commissions. What are your thoughts on that? I I definitely agree. I I see it in my students when they complete a painting, they post it out on social media, and the response is, oh, this is great. Can you do one for me? And this is maybe their first or second painting, and they're just getting started. You know, I, I have seen students go ahead and take that on because in their mindset is, I want to fund my hobby. My hobby, yeah. Right. And while that mindset is good and it's the enthusiasm is good, it adds that pressure and yeah. it adds stress because at that early stage, they haven't defined a technique. They haven't defined the process that they're mm-hmm. going to do. It haven't done all of the subjects that are possible. So because of that, they don't really know what they enjoy and what they don't enjoy. They're still exploring um, at that point. Right. right. You, you started painting or you started drawing because it was something that you wanted to do for you. It was an enjoyment right. for you. And as soon as you start adding in that pressure of doing it for somebody else, 
right. it becomes stressful. And yeah. that yeah. early, it's, it's not a good idea. Um, I've, I've seen some of my students do it and I've had to kind of talk them off the ledge <laughs> a little bit <laughs> right. and help through uh, some of these commissions so that they can, you know, get through it. But at the same time, I'm saying, okay, let's stop. Let's pause for a minute. Do the next one for you. This is for you. Mm-hmm. And and that helps them a great deal. And they, I think they do over time realize that they weren't quite ready because there are a lot of questions to follow before and understand before you can actually start painting for somebody else. All right. We're going to go ahead and pause right there. We'll be back next week for part two with Stephanie Weaver. And I hope you're enjoying this discussion. As always, this is a weekly show. If you haven't given us a rating or review lately, I would really appreciate that. And I'll talk to you again next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. All the show notes can be found at www.sharpenedartist.com.